Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm your host, Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner. Today I have Steve Gouchard with me in the studio. Steven is a chartered financial analyst and uh, one of the senior analysts at Empirical Wealth Management. Hello, Steve. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. You're well, well you're welcome, and thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> hey, Simon, I'm not quite hearing myself as loud as I normally do, but uh, I know how important that is. Right now, um, Steve, I, you know, Ethan's on a uh, radio hiatus right now. Um, so even though the show says Ken and Ethan, um, mm. we've had Mike Van Sant, and now we're having you on, and um, he'll be he'll be back shortly, though. I hope so. I well, enjoy I'm, hearing him on the show. So yeah, it's always nice to have him around. Well, Steve, I thought we could talk today about a couple of things, and. Um, one of those just kind of going through the daily what's currently in the news and um, some articles that I came across and uh, that we were talking about um, this idea of a death cross springing up everywhere <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a, a technical analysis um, indicator and um, and I was reading in the news uh, some articles about a company called Wealthcare is, is filing a suit against one of the major brokerage warehouses, UBS, for uh, patent infringement and uh, happens to be a, a software company that that we use, Wealthcare, one of their, their financial planning uh, software components that we utilize. So I've invited the CEO, uh, his name is David Loper, to come on our show. And I think he's responded positively, but he's been getting a lot of interviews. So I think we'll have him on probably for next week's show um, if not a later date, so oh, awesome! I could we can certainly talk a little bit about wh- how we use the planning software and uh, um, whether he comes or not. But I hope we do have him on in the future. So stay tuned for that, and we'll let you know um, if if he's going to come on. So Steve, before we talk about what's going on in the stock market today uh, and recently, and uh, in this article, I thought I'd give out our contact information if you are. Uh, interested in talking to us about your personal situation, you'd like to have a financial plan and uh, and or talk about an investment strategy, give us a call, 1-800-923-4307. We are working with clients all over the country, 
and uh, we're looking to open offices physically in every part of the major part of the country as well, Steve, as you know. So if you're a financial advisor and uh, you're looking for a change of pace and you're looking for a firm that uh, is working in a fee-only capacity to provide financial guidance to clients, um, give us a call as well, 1-800-923-4307. And you can email us if you have any questions uh, for us to read on the radio. We get a lot of questions, and uh, sometimes we just don't mention where we get them from. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk about a few of them today, Steve. Mm. Uh, if you'd like us to mention your name and where you're from, we'd be happy to do that as well. So submit a question. You can email us at contact at empiradio.com. That's contact at empiradio.com. Um, any kind of question you're thinking about, an insurance decision, estate planning, financial planning, and then pretty much any of the, the investment gamut. We're happy to research and uh, get an answer for you if we don't immediately have an answer. So we got a question about angel investing in the past. Um, a lot of questions about timing, Steve. Should I be in the market, get out of the market, mm -hmm. um, types of stocks and all kinds of things. So submit those questions. And if you do, we will send you a free and one of our favorite uh, investing books for free. That's gratis, Steve. Wow. Totally how does that sound to you does that include shipping and handling uh i believe that does include simon does that include shipping and handling wow i, I don't know how you can beat that steve <laughs> cash in while you can all right steve let's talk about this article one of the guys forwarded over to me mm. uh being the the analyst that you are i thought you you might have some some wisdom to shed on this and I know it's very short notice, so I thought maybe we'll do even a little more research than we can cover here in this call, uh, not call, but uh, in this interview, and we'll we'll get back to this again. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the article is on Market Watch, and uh, the headline was, Death Cross Springing Up Everywhere, Indicator a Harbinger of Bear Markets, uh -oh. by John Narad Naradi, I believe is how it sounds like it would be pronounced. Mm -hmm. um, the death cross, a high-profile bear market indicator, springs up everywhere. And I thought I'll just kind of quickly read through some of this, Steve, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. And then begin with a uh, variety of questions for you. The death cross forms when the 50-day moving average crosses the 200-day moving average in a downward trajectory and is, wild, is a widely followed indicator that is commonly viewed as a harbinger of bear markets. Last week, it flashed its warning not only in the major indexes, but in many key sectors as well. Late last week, the death cross showed up in the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrials, the NASDAQ, Russell 2000, and, and in other words, all three major U.S. indexes now are in death cross mode, Steve. I don't know if you're familiar with that, hmm. um, but it's, it's serious. Uh, it's a death cross, signaling that the increased possibility of a new bear market in the U.S. and U.S. equities. Uh, in a bull market, this crossover is known as the golden crossover, while a downside cross like the one that just occurred is known as a death cross or a dead cross. This is a unique indicator whose validity has been statistically well proven. In fact, Dow Jones indexes have de even developed uh, an index to track the golden and death cross action. Some sweet action, Steve. 
called the Dow Jones called the Dow Jones Golden Crossover U.S. Large Cap Total Stock Market Index. Read about the. Uh, you can click on there to read about that. This is a broad trend following technical uh, methodology. Uh, is based on a moving moving averages, and these crossovers have only occurred a handful of times over the past decade. While several occurrences have been whipsaws, uh, the death cross because I don't I don't have a yeah, sound, sound effect, effect for that. that. <laughs> I don't have a whipsaw cross. Do we have any whipsaws, Simon? Okay. Um, oh, that's that's the garbage can. Sorry, I knocked it over here. Uh, so anyway, the death. Cross Golden Cross has nevertheless managed to identify a large part of every bull or bear market uh, over the last ten years. All right, so we're going to turn the page here. All <laughs> uh, righty then. And they have a nice little chart that kind of shows you the boxes where basically, if you're going down, so you're going, you're on an upward moving pattern, Steve, and then the uh, the 50 uh, day moving average crosses over the 200 on the downside. And then they kind of box that. So for you who are just listening, um, you just kind of have to visualize the market kind of going up and down. And at an up point where the inflection point starts to occur, where it starts to go down, at the point in which a 50-day average of prices crosses over the 200-day average, that, uh, I guess, signifies the death cross. And what you would be concerned about is at that point, the market... Uh, potentially continuing to decline. Is that correct, Steve? That's correct. Is that how you would describe that? Yeah, that's exactly how. All right, let me get back into this. It's almost over here. Even more telling than the death crosses in the major indexes, market weakness is specifically underscored when one takes a quick glance under the hood at the major sectors. Their associated exchange-traded funds and their current market condition. Of the nine major sectors, four are in death cross status. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like DEFCON 5 or any of that kind of thing. It's just... It's even worse. Yeah. This is a classic Code Red situation, mm-hmm. Steve. While 5 still beckon to the bulls, giving us uh, an apt interpretation of today's muddled markets. So it goes on to kind of go through the different sectors there a little bit about the death cross. and uh, But I'm just going to pop over here. For ETF investors, there are possibilities for profit. And as always... As one can look at each of these sectors and still find opportunity. For the most sophisticated investors and traders, inverse ETFs, put options, or shorting individual stocks could be an appropriate strategy. While for the more conservative investor, positions in the defensive sectors could be a good choice, allowing overall exposure to equities while striving to limit potential downside risk. Another option would be to buy put options on current positions as insurance against further downside moves. Well, that's certainly true, Steve. We've created a hedged strategy, Mm -hmm. um, but we'll talk about when and why we think that would be an appropriate uh, way to go. Mm -hmm. Many investors have also chosen to move assets to cash because in bear markets, cash is king, Steve. You know that. Everyone knows that. Um, (laughs) From here on... Mr. Market will tell us if this beginning of a new bear market or a bottom is now in place and current levels become a great buy-the-dip opportunity. Therefore, it is important to know what to look for because anyone calling either uh, for a bottom here or for a return to cyclical lows is merely guessing. you got to know what you're looking for, Steve. I guess that's what he's saying. Hmm. A new bear market is a more likely probability of prices continue moving lower. 
Well, that seems logical, huh, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> if prices continue to go down, it's more of an indication we're in a bear market. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what he's saying. You know, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you got to be splitting atoms to figure that one out. Um, Anywho, it's a new bear market is more likely probable. Okay, uh, can you, and and a death cross becomes more well established with the 50-day moving average more steeply below the 200-day. A uh, new bear market is also likely if we if we see the remaining defensive sectors moving into the death cross pattern. Um, conversely, a golden cross formation in the S&P would indicate the potential for the resumption of the bull market, Steve. As would golden cross formations returning to the major sectors currently in death cross status. <laughs> wow, death cross everywhere. Bottom line, investors don't have to guess which way the market is going as the golden and the death cross indicators offer quite reliable and statistically validated methodology to identify both bull and bear markets. Um, coupled with ETF strategies, one can seek profits. For today, multiple death crosses and major inter- indexes and sectors would indicate the potential for danger ahead. And then there's a disclosure, Wall Street sector selector actively trades a wide variety of ETFs and positions may change. All right, Steve, we've, we're going to break mm-hmm. now that we've gone through the whole article. When we come back then, I'd like to slowly and methodically start to break this down and evaluate whether or not we should take action on uh, what we're seeing in patterns of stock market prices, which is really what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I hear that article, and it's pretty scary. Wow. It just makes you want to put in some trades right now. Okay. Well, hold on to your death cross. We'll be right back. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Are you wondering if that MBA keeps you on the forefront of today's marketing innovations? Marketing has become a complex combination of both art and science. Our program will break these concepts down into bite-sized solutions that you and your business can actually use. Listen to Bite-Sized Marketing every week, where Brandon LaRock and his guests will demystify the latest developments in marketing technology for today's Internet age. Tune in to Bite-Sized Marketing, live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to Tom Says for practical solutions that you can use in your life. Whether it's information you can use for business, spiritual awareness, health, or personal issues, you'll want to listen to this life-changing program hosted by Tom Gerbic. Tom will also invite you to participate by calling in or sending emails. There's no topic that's taboo. With Tom's life experiences, you'll find that a weekly visit can be truly inspiring. Tom Says can be heard on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, with a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Business Channel. 
the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, and today I have guest Stephen Guichard, Chartered Financial Analyst and uh, one of the senior analysts at Empirical Wealth Management. If you'd like to give us a call and uh, talk to us about your personal financial situation, any investment strategies you're considering, uh, if you'd like us to give you a no-obligation overview and proposal on how we would help you with your investments, we are a fee-only practice, so we don't receive any remuneration from investments or commission from selling investment products of any kind. Give us a call at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or shoot us an email at contact at empiradio.com. You can also visit our website, uh, our firm website is empiricalfs.com. And if you go to the resource section, there are a variety of papers that we've written over the years that uh, kind of confirm a lot of the things we talk about here on the show. Going into the break, we were reading an article. We're talking about um, a little article that was on Market Watch titled Death Cross Springing Up Everywhere. And uh, Steve, we went through this this idea that, um, or the article written by John Narati, um, and he was basically kind of citing the the market indicator that they refer to as the either the golden, if the moving average on the 50-day uh, moving average crosses over the 200, markets are heading upward. If it goes crosses on the downside, that uh, reflects the uh, the death cross. So we ran out of time as I was finishing up the article, and I wanted to get your initial thoughts about about this article. Okay, actually, I saw the headline in Google Finance earlier today, and I just yeah, um, sounds like a weapon, right? The death cross. <laughs> I didn't I didn't click through the link just because I'm pretty initially uh, skeptical about these technical analysis factors. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you you hear about them all the time in the financial price, the financial press, and people talk about resistance and support and the dead cat bounce and the, the candlesticks. And um, in terms of when you look at the academic evidence, there's never been any analysis strategy that has been able to work consistently when you account for trading costs and taxes. Um, and so when I when I see another article, I normally skip past it, but. Um, after you after you you mentioned it, I did a little bit of research, and um, apparently the the death cross has worked to a certain extent in the past. Um, I, I pulled up a, another article on Market Watch, um, this one by Mark Holbert, um, uh, and he actually did a statistical analysis of how well did the dead cross. Um, the death cross. The death cross. Sorry. <laughs> Although he did refer to it also as a dead cross. So yeah. How 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 well did the death cross predict? the 
performance of the Dow Jones Industrial Average over one year, um, six months, a quarter, a month. And um, if you look back 114 years, um, it actually has statistically significantly um, shown that after a depth cross, returns are lower over all four of those periods. And so um, a lot of people would look at that, and that must be the statistical evidence that is referred to in the article you read. And uh, they would decide, well, this is a good technique. I should, I should trade off this. But um, luckily, uh, Mark Holbert, he goes a little bit further uh, in the analysis. And he looked, well, how well has this worked since um, 1990? And um, it has had some, I mean, if you look at the chart in the article you read, it has had a number of successes in that it seemed to predict the 2008-2009 the crash. Um, but it also predicted a crash in <clears throat> 2004. Looks like there's another one here in 2006. Um, and we both know that was during a significant bull market. Right. And so um, what Mark did is he looked at, well, let's look over the last 20 years, and has it shown any difference in returns? In fact, it hasn't. Um, you're just as, you're just as uh, well off investing right at a depth cross period as you are during any other period. Since uh, what time frame was that, Steve? This is since 1990. Okay, so for the last... 20-some years mm-hmm. that uh, if we're tracking death crosses, mm-hmm. and that's the, really the 50- and 200-day moving averages that we're watching, Yeah, um, he's saying that it hasn't paid off. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And is, is any of this accounting for any kind of transaction costs or tax costs? It's not. Okay. And so just backing up a second here, Steve, when you said that uh, um, I think I'm, I'm now pulling up that article, and he talked that you're referencing. He said, I fed into my PC statistical package of Dow's daily values back to the late 1800s. That's always a good sign when the, the columnist says that rather than <laughs> the original one you read where <laughs> he just draws a pretty chart and makes all these conclusions from it. Which I think his chart was just for the last few years. Yeah, it was. It's on the current deal. Death Since Cross. 99. 99, okay. Um, well, and he's just showing the Death Cross. I don't know that it... It necessarily translates into um, tons of dough there, mm-hmm. uh, you know. D- but it, but if I'm reading this right, then it says um, over 114 years there have been 85 death crosses on an average one every 16 months, and then it says I then measured the Dow's average gain following the death cross um, over the subsequent month, quarter, six months, and year, and the data appears in the chart. So following a death cross, the average uh, following month was a negative six tenths of a percent. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we were defining success as capturing market returns um, to the degree that we expect market returns over our time period, um, the market's always recovered and went on to meet new highs, right? Mm-hmm. So. We'd probably be looking at this as an approach to avoid some sort of downside volatility mm-hmm. or enhance our return, right, by getting out or, or going opposite. He in the, in the current article, he talks about um, shorting stocks or buying puts and basically not being in the market, right, but then also making money off the fact that this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, if we looked at the, the subsequent quarter, though, it's a 0% in the table. So if you had a quarter holding period following the death cross, the average return, um, am I am I looking at that correctly? Yeah, yeah, but it's actually it's much less um, 
on average, over any period, you, over any quarter, you get about 1.6%. Falling to death costs, you get 0%, which okay. is much lower. Yeah. But it's not a loss, but it's lower in terms of, hey, is there something here we can do? Is there, mm-hmm. is there some difference here if we yeah. waited till the death cross emerged and then made some form of an adjustment? Um, okay. And, again, this is not accounting for any kind of a transaction fee no. that would incur. Okay. Incur, which, historically, transaction fees were quite larger than mm-hmm. they are today, right? So if mm-hmm. you were running this backwards... Um, and you said, "Could I have engaged in this, and could it would it could it have worked for me?" You would have to account for the transaction fees it would have cost it would have taken to implement that. Mm-hmm. And so, here's a little statistical question I have for you, Steve, and then I'll let you get back to to the variety of points I think you want to make. Okay. But is it logical? My my on the right track here, or my off the track completely to say, well, back in the time where it was very expensive to trade. Mm-hmm. And there was very little information going around. It was hard to get data mm-hmm. on markets. Is it possible that there were uh, that in his fourteen year, hundred fourteen year study mm-hmm. that there were more opportunities for this to work um, on a on a gross basis, like a not not incorporating fees or taxes. I mean, tax rates at one point mm-hmm. had gotten pretty high. I think up to ninety percent. In various parts of our his, our history, mm-hmm. um, there haven't there hasn't always been uh, the current preferential tax treatment on capital long term capital gains as an example. Um, so if you accounted for trying to execute this right during the period where maybe a lot of these opportunities occurred in the past, because clearly you're saying if I'm if I'm hearing what you're saying and uh, that uh, the Hubert report is saying is in the last twenty some years gross of expenses and taxes there hasn't been a lot of opportunity here yeah with this mm-hmm. that seems to be logical if you think about um there's a great book by charles ellis um and he's written a couple but it's called winning the loser's game and he talks about the differences and the shift in the uh efficiencies of the market like hey you know back in the day it was primarily individuals out there kind of fumbling around trying to pick stocks and make investment decisions and there weren't a lot of complicated, uh, sophisticated investors controlling most of the money. Um, There also wasn't, information wasn't as easily disseminated, but transaction costs certainly were higher. Um, Now, now you're competing against very, very, very sophisticated, not just investors, but sophisticated computers that are, that are running quant stuff on this all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not a guy sitting there with a pencil um, but it's you're running against programs that are trying to f- identify these trends and then exploit them out. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your comment? What say you about that, Steve? Oh, well, I think you're hitting on... I had two theories for this anomaly, that a strategy would work very well for 90 years and then 20 years stop working. Um, and uh, that's, that's one of the theories that I have is um, when investors find out about a strategy that works, they start to use it. The more they use it, the less that strategy appears and it's arbitraged away. And so um, it's definitely possible that the last 20 years when with the advent of computing power and um, fancier charts and more information and uh, much lower trading costs that uh, what used to work doesn't work anymore because everyone else is doing it. That's interesting. Now, we have had the chance to talk to Eugene Fama, who was the uh, guy who originally worked on this 
what's become a very controversial study on efficient markets, the efficient market hypothesis. Steve, we got to take. A, I'm sorry, we got to take a quick break, um, but I want to come back and, and talk about this, obviously more. We'll be okay. right back. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Have you planned for your retirement yet? If you are a public sector employee, perhaps not. Studies have shown that employees of schools, educational institutions, governments, nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement. For the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement, Retirement Planning for Public Sector Employees with host Jim Bishop, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off in your future. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to empirical investing radio with ken smith and co-host ethan broga to call into the program with a question or comment please dial 1-800-923-4307 that's 1-800-923-4307 you may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com now back to ken and ethan okay welcome back to empirical investing radio Ken Smith and Stephen Guichard today. Steve, how's it going over there? Uh, good. How are you, Ken? Good, good. We're really slicing and dicing up this issue. Mm. And uh, let us know what you think. If you have comments about this death cross approach, um, maybe you think it works. Maybe you've tried it. Maybe you've been using the death cross, golden cross approach for some time. 
We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at contact at empiradio.com and let us know how your experience has been um, or any other technical analysis approach that you've been using. Also, you can give us a call at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. And you can leave us a message after hours with your question or comment about it. And if you want to leave your name and contact information, we'd be happy to put you on the program as well. And Steve, if I'd like to say also, if, if you have um, any stories about a, an approach that you've used, I mean, we're here to help our listeners uh, make better financial decisions, smarter financial decisions. And one of the things that we always say is you, you do that by knowing market history. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you learn what works, what hasn't worked. And, um, you know, sometimes we learn on our own, which can be very costly. Other times we can learn from other people's uh, endeavors, whether it be mistakes or the good things or the right things that they've done. Um, and on a comment, you know, the, the author of this, I'd love to see what his personal portfolio li- looks like. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see if he would publish a track record. So I don't have any problem showing anyone what I am personally invested in, Steve. Mm-hmm and uh, releasing the track record of those investments, which happen to be the very same investments that we utilize for our clients. Adjusted for my appetite and preference for risk, which in our world means there's either more or less stock relative to fixed income or bonds. And then within the stock category, the asset classes that we're placing emphasis on have are, are more or less aggressive. Mm-hmm. And now, on the break, I was starting to mention, uh, I began to mention, Steve, the Eugene Fama, who was a guy who really kicked off this efficient market uh, hypothesis debate. And generally what he started to do is he was doing research when he was, uh, he said he was an assistant to a newsletter um, guy who was looking for strategies that would work to beat the market. And he said, hey, when I was doing this work, and currently he's a professor at, at the University of Chicago, but when he, was, when he was doing this work, he said, you know, I found lots of things uh, that when I looked at the data worked. You know, when I looked at the past data, they were strategies that work. But what we found is when we would try to implement them, put them into action, a lot of times it wouldn't work. Um, and so this is kind of the where the rubber meets the road here. Um, and so he started, He that's when he began to study this idea of, well, what works and what doesn't work? And I think Stevie divided his hypothesis into three different areas, right? That, hey, there's this element of just, just looking at, simply looking at price patterns, past price patterns, some of the, the key ways of doing that. Does that work out well um, without looking at a company's actual, trying to assess the news and, their earnings or annual reports and, de- and determine whether fundamentally they have some value. And I think that's what we're talking about here with this death cross and golden cross. It's really 100% a function, right, Steve, of looking at the price pattern. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to make the point that other strategies work and where we tend to fall on the empirical side of things are things that we can somehow relate an economic, a fundamental economic principle too. Mm-hmm. Um, companies go out and generate earnings, 
it's those earnings that pay dividends, um, and it's their ability to reinvest the capital they don't pay out in dividends and grow, which provides a capital gain. There's a certain amount of risk that a company takes um, that you, an investor, have that's greater than buying a treasury, regardless of what S&P says. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a little joke, Steve. Regardless of what they say, uh, that and for that additional risk, you as an investor should get rewarded for it. When we're looking at things like price patterns and some of these other anomalies that we can find trends in the data in the past, um, we start to break ties with that fundamental connection of risk and return and the mm-hmm. economy in itself and the and the functioning market. Mm-hmm. That's where we have a, a little bit harder time. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um like you said before, when there's an arbitrage opportunity that's easy to exploit, that's probably not going to last very long, uh, which could have been the case here. Um, and another possibility, which, which you're hinting at, is just um, a fundamental relationship never really existed between the depth cross and stock market returns. Um, it kind of reminds me of, there's a famous paper by a Caltech economist who said that he looked at the stock market between 1983 and 1993 and he found that um, butter production in Bangladesh was a really strong predictor for stock market, the S&P 500 returns for that 10-year period. Well, I like butter. <laughs> and, I mean, it did well, um, much better than any other factor that anyone's ever, ever looked at. And um, after 1993, that kind of broke down. And it's pretty obvious why. Is that there never was a fundamental connection between those two variables. Um, like there probably never was, there might never have been a fundamental connection between them the death cross and the, the Dow Jones. It just, if you look at any data set that has enough variables, you'll you'll find a correlation um, that'll work in that specific data set. But once you try and apply that um, 10, 20 years in the future, uh, it just doesn't work anymore. Well, that's a good point, Steve, because when, when um, we were talking about Fama, who happened to do this research also on small and value, right? On mm-hmm. the, the idea that is there is there a greater return buying smaller companies than larger companies mm-hmm. and uh, value companies versus growth companies? And fundamentally, is there any economic explanation for that? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but then they tested, Fulman French tested that out of sample, didn't they, by going to foreign markets? Yeah, I think if I was just to have read the, the first paper on the small cap premium or the value premium, I'd be pretty skeptical on that um, it's only one market, it's only in the past, um, but since then, it's been tested in foreign markets. It's been tested since those papers came out in the 70s and 80s. It's worked since then. And I think um, that's really solid proof that it's not you know, either a spurious correlation or something that's going to get arbitraged away. So if, it, if, if the, golden, cro- if the uh, golden and or death cross were working, <laughs> um, I didn't, we haven't seen the studies yet that say this is statistically significant. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be interesting to see if there are studies that show these uh, in foreign markets as well. Yeah. That that's worked. But greater what we're saying is, when we were saying in the break is, uh, to reiterate before we went to this break, was, hey, it could have it it worked on a gross basis, net of, like, say, gross of any transaction costs or tax costs. Um, but there may be some fundamental shifts in our current market that, including the fact that now indexes are being created to track this, mm-hmm. that make make it more and more difficult, net of all costs in, to exploit this. That mm-hmm. The fact that, and what's interesting about this market efficiency theory, t- 
tends to be that once um, a strategy is known, particularly when that strategy is decoupled from a risk-reward relationship, mm-hmm. it gets exploited pretty fast. Yeah. So if there was a strategy where people were dropping $100 bills in a certain part of the city, <laughs> as an example, um, once a few people find out that, hey, this is where people tend to drop a lot of $100 bills, what's your, what's your attitude on how quickly that would, would get exploited? Yeah, I'd, I'd be headed over there pretty quick be a pretty large crowd trying to get at those $100 bills. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there aren't a lot of $100 bills anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of people <laughs> running around, incurring taxes and expenses. <laughs> Leaving their, their, their high-paying job to go chase these $100 bills. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot fewer of them out there. Yeah. Maybe there was only five of them a day. Now you got got 1,000 people out there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder to make a living off of it. Yeah. And so there's a bigger picture here, too, which is, you know, these articles, it's very easy to sit here and crank out. I could crank out 10 articles a day, Steve, (laughs) particularly when I'm not actually publishing any of my own research. I'm just going out and digging up stuff that other people have have done and making comments about it. And you're not held accountable to whether (laughs) that makes sense or not. Yeah. Like I said, where's where's John's um, personal portfolio? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is he engaging in a death cross strategy? I don't see him talking about that. Like, hey, in my personal account, I've been using the death cross for mm-hmm. since 1990, and it worked great every time. <laughs> I don't see that in his article. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of comments about what somebody could do mm-hmm. or things that they might try, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't appear that there's a lot of accountability. And I think when you're in an advisory role where someone's actually paying you um, – to give them advice and to help them manage a portfolio that is matched to various goals, uh, it's a different situation. I was explaining this, and we talk about questions that we get uh, to a client about, why don't we jump in and out of the market every time we hear good or bad news? Um, why why do I hold on so tightly to things that have, are evidence-based, where I can say, hey, this makes sense. Not only is the data there, but... I get the connections to why this will work in the future. Because as you just pointed out, it's not enough that butter, right? Mm-hmm. There's a correlation between butter in Bangladesh production and stock market. Mm-hmm. I got to really understand why that fundamentally makes any sense. Why will that persist? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because when we're giving advice, we can't just generate a bunch of random articles and never be held called on the carpet again for it. Yeah. Or not have someone's life savings at jeopardy if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And often these approaches, when you actually try to implement them, as Fama found out, they don't. Yeah. Steve, we've got to take another quick break. Okay. We'll be back for our last segment right after this. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. 
Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. This is Ken Smith here. Stephen Guichard today. Hi, Ken. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to give us a call, 1-800-923-4307 or contact at empiradio.com. I'll give you my personal email if you uh, want to get in touch with me. It's ksmith at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I, uh E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S, financialservices.com. Steve, last segment. Um, we were talking about this article, and it's just a continuation of our discussion about you can't just take everything that the media puts out at face value and make drastic and uh, un, uh, you know without extreme diligence taking action on, on stuff that's just popping up in news headlines. That was something we wrote in a communication recently about the different headlines when the market started vacillating wildly. And, Steve, I just want to throw out while I have you here, this this one of the reasons that uh, a lot of people are attributing the big decline we've had from the peak, twenty what has it been, 20% on the uh, Dow from the peak of this year to the bottom? Recently, we had I think it was around twenty percent because they were twenty percent, yeah, saying that that's really the definition of a bear market or correction, mm-hmm. as it were. But uh, this idea that the 
that SMP uh, was, as a rating agency, downgraded the U.S. Uh, U.S. debt from AAA to AA. And then today, uh, news came out that Fitch, which is another bond rating agency, uh, keeps the U.S. debt at AAA. Hmm. And I think the other major agency, Moody's, hasn't, at least to date, has not downgraded nope. the debt. And you were talking about um, what's gone on with the Treasury since the downgrade. Yeah, I read an interesting article in Bloomberg today about the, about S&P's downgrade. And um, it, it says that it, at last week's uh, U.S. debt auction, the Treasury paid a record low average yield of 2.13%. Um, that's a historical record low? Yes. So yeah. S&P downgrades U.S. Treasuries, and um, U.S. Treasuries are more expensive than ever. And the U.S. government is borrowing at record low costs. And it never ceases to amaze me how markets act in ways that are contrary to our intuition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after the fact, there's a clear explanation. This happened numerous, (laughs) numerous times in the 16 years that I've been doing this. Um, uh, Not to mention the amounts of books I've read that cover market history beyond my career in this. But where... People thought, okay, well, they're going to downgrade the debt, and mm-hmm. hey, maybe that, maybe there'll be there'll be uh, <clears throat> certain classes of investors who maybe they they can't. I think you were talking about they can't hold securities that are less than AAA for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be forced to sell U.S. Treasuries, mm-hmm. as an example. Um, however, as the market declined, there was a flight to safety, and the U.S. Treasury was still considered one of the safest investments in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, which interestingly wasn't the U.S. dollar also going up right after that? After yeah. The day? yeah. Um, <laughs> so S and P is worried about the U.S. borrowing too much money, but investors are throwing money at the U.S. government as fast as they can. <laughs> so in our last half of this remaining segment here, in the last few minutes, Steve, we like to get to other, unlike other shows that really throw out a lot of noise or articles, and then leave you baffled, confused, and <laughs> slightly befuddled <laughs> on what to do. We're actually trying to give you good advice. And what should an investor do right now? I mean, the market was down a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some worries about I think there were, actually this morning there was some data out on uh, the GDP of Germany hmm. being a little pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, yet Germany's one of the major economies that they're relying on to back some of these debt bailouts in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some uncertainty about that. Certainly, day-to-day, we're getting different signals about our economy. Mm-hmm. You know, one day we get a, a, a reasonably positive indication um, or revision, and then the next day it's, oh, this is horrible, you know. Mm-hmm. So what should investors do mm. with all this? Should we be dropping everything we're doing and running around doing golden crosses and <laughs> um, selling I mean, U.S. debt? And, I, mean, I, I think my advice is um, during these extremely volatile times, like, Last week, the head market going up and down over 4%. Um, the worst thing you can do is make extreme changes. Um, because if you miss one good day, um, you could miss out on a 4 or 5% jump that you'll never get. Uh, your portfolio will be uh, lower by that amount for the rest of your life. And the only way you would ever make it up is to be able to correctly time the next downturn and yeah. catch back up. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the major challenges right of market timing mm-hmm. um is that 
it may appear and seem, particularly when people are putting out articles about Goldman death crosses, mm-hmm. <laughs> that markets are, are predictable, but they'll surprise you mm-hmm. in ways that you haven't anticipated, and particularly when it comes to engaging in the transactions. It's easy to say buy put options or buy short stocks or whatever, but when you actually start getting into how they're priced, mm-hmm. um, those things become very expensive during times like these. Mm-hmm. So when markets are down and all the news is negative and and the golden or the death cross has emerged, mm-hmm. um, it's not like it's dirt cheap or free to go out and put that kind of a hedge on. Mm-hmm. It's actually the most expensive time to do it. It's very expensive, right? Because the risk is perception is very keen in mm-hmm. the market. People are aware of that. Now, when markets are peaking and there's this euphoria, mm-hmm. it's cheaper to buy puts or to put on shorts or to do do, do these strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is that you can get wiped out because the, the upside can go on much. The euphoria can continue on mm-hmm. um, much longer than you can continue to short stocks or what was that? Because uh, it canes it. Um, there was a statement about, you know, markets can remain in irrational for longer than you can remain solvent. solvent yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, and I think that's true. I think that it's very, again, it's very easy to put out articles or have your neighbors giving you advice, and especially when they're only talking about the things that have worked. Mm-hmm. But um, in reality, it's, it's, a, it's a tough challenge. And what you really have to ask yourself is, and why we, we try to recenter clients on is, what is my time horizon? Mm-hmm. And do I believe that risk will be rewarded mm-hmm. um, that there will continue to be a relationship between risk and return mm-hmm. and if you believe that there will continue to be that relationship and that markets will continue to function companies will continue to exist and those companies will continue to issue different types of capital to get capital different types of instruments debt and stock <clears throat> and that those will be assessed based on different levels of risk um, and now you try to match that up with your time horizon. A lot of this other stuff is is really unnecessary. Yeah, would be my view. Mm-hmm. But most investors uh, don't have the diversification that they could or should have, mm-hmm. um, and so they're not maximizing the potential uh, returns that they could get or minimizing the potential risks that they're taking. Yeah, I think uh, this stock market volatility is hard on everyone. Um, but for investors who, who thought ahead and um, analyze their risk tolerance, uh, they should have an allocation to bonds, which, as we just talked about, Treasury bonds have been doing really well. Yeah. So. Well, Steve, on that note, we've got we've to stop for today. We'll be back next week. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll have the CEO of uh, Wealthcare on to talk about what's going on with that. Well, thanks for having me as a guest, Ken. You're welcome. We'll see you next week, and thanks for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.